don't need a squad of people to do anything. Even like the festivals I had um, last year, like everyone I went to, apart from one, I went by myself. Or you go there, everyone's got their entourage, da 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 da. Like, mm-hmm. I'm that individual. I'm going to come by myself, perform, and I'm leaving. I don't need a group of people to yeah. do that. So I just go with my initiative. Me, God, let's do it. Hello and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex on the Decks. This week I get chatting to Tremendous. Now Tremendous is a rapper originally from Birmingham. You'll hear her lovely like Brummy accent, but she's now living in London. She's recently signed to High Focus Records, which is the label that brought us acts like Rag and Bone Man and The Four Owls. She is the first female they've signed, so a big <laughs> move from the label. They didn't leave it this long intentionally. And what we talk about a fair bit is the journey that she's had with that label and Flip Tricks, the founder, in terms of they've been speaking or on each other's radars for quite a while. But creatively and artistically, she wanted to be at a certain point before they brought their worlds together. Tremendous is a street performer originally, and I think that's given her a confidence and a resilience as well which you'll probably see come through we talk about the fact that she's very comfortable going to festivals by herself going to open mics by herself she doesn't need a crowd of people around her she's good to just go Uh, we also talk about the artists that inspire her and her creative process a little bit the EP's been out for a few months now and the album's coming out hopefully later this year so I really hope you enjoy this dip into a very interesting point in the career of a rapper and someone who I think you're going to be hearing a lot a lot more of she's pretty special I think enjoy ladies gentlemen listen up you're listening to hot girls with Lex on the deck we in the mix it's fire we on fire from London for the world let's go thank you for having me how are you yeah, good. Thanks. <laughs> I also went straight into calling you true, and I I didn't clear that with you. Is that? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> like you don't know me like that. No, I know. <laughs> as long as it's respectable, you can call me what you want, man. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. I was like, it's gonna it's gonna make all my sentences really long if I call you true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but originally, it was actually that tremendous lady it was very urban, and then over time, it became tremendous lady, and then it just became tremendous at the end. <laughs> then just it's very complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cut off the sides. <laughs> very complicated, but now it's just tremendous. There was even like a dash in between the E and the M. Like it was just long. Just trim it down. Next couple of years, I might take up the Mendes. <laughs> just have then it'll be true. And then I will have been I mean, there from the start. <laughs> you foresaw the end results. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you right? Did that. She yeah, was yeah, true yeah. way before when you guys were calling it tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. <laughs> you went to Atlanta mm-hmm. and then that was a change point in your life where you decided to then move to London mm-hmm. I was wondering like a what it is about Atlanta yeah and also like that's such a decisive action in a really good way and I think you know often when you have those moments where you feel something and you feel like mm-hmm. you need to act on them but it's quite difficult mm-hmm. to like maintain the emotions sometimes you come home and then you just go back to life as it was that's, yeah, that's literally what happened. Prior to going to Atlanta and um, Birmingham, oh, so I'm from Birmingham. Yeah, Birmingham became a bit too stagnant for me. Um, I was just doing the same shows over and over again. Same venues, same audience. There was no growth. I was just hitting a ceiling. Mm-hmm. Friend decided to take a trip. About two weeks, two and a half weeks, we went to Atlanta. 
um, stayed in College Park. And while we were there, we attended a bunch of open mic nights, um, a bunch of events. Because we we're English as well, it, it worked to our benefit. And a lot of them wanted us to, you know, added us to lineups that were already full. And, oh, she wanted to say, oh, where are you from? So we, we even got um, accepted into like, um, there was doing a whole competition that, um, just for the fact it was English, we got accepted on it. So that was awesome as well. That's but I think so cool. being exposed to something that was unfamiliar to us. And like, it was like a different caliber as well. There was so much out there and it was just so vibrant. So to, to experience that for two and a half weeks straight and then come back to what we knew, you know, as reality, it was just like, yo. And then after that, I just felt like, I stayed in my house literally for like two weeks. I was like, you know what? There's too much out there for me to just stay here. And you know what I mean? Time's not waiting for me. Yeah, totally. And I'm not losing out on anything as well. At this yeah. point, I'm self-employed. It's not like, do you know what I mean? I, I know how to make money out of nothing. I'm a, I'm a street performer. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, my job's portable. Do you know what I mean? I don't have to stay here. Long story short, yeah, um, I moved in with a friend of mine in Allgate East for a month just to make sure it was something that I wanted to do. In regards to being a creative, there's a lot of um, opportunities and things that are in, in London as long as you utilise your time there. So I spent my instincts, moved in with her for about a month. Um, and literally within the last few days of being there, I was like, you know what, let's do it, let's do it. So um, yeah, I found a place to stay, got the keys. And then about a week later, I just moved in and I've been there for two years now. Hey. Yeah, back. I haven't, you know, first year I was down, um, I just flooded their poetry scene because I rap, but it's, if you extract the beat, it's poetry and like story. Mm. So what I did is I came down and I just flooded and just saturated every event because the events down here are so consistent as well. Every day, you know, you have a few events. So literally I was hitting up maybe like four or five a week just to build, you know, a little, little name. And it's yeah. nice, nobody knowing who you are or what you do as well. Do you know what I mean? In Birmingham, because it's 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 a fraction the size, everyone really knows who you are. Everyone knows what you do. Da, da, da. So to be just unrecognisable, it was awesome. So I did that for like a quite, year straight. Quite like freeing, I guess, to a certain extent. Like even if you as yourself are in a place where you know who you are as an artist, it's still yeah. quite nice to come and see a totally fresh crowd and be able to present yourself. 100%. 100%. Um, so I did that for the first year. I was down here while busking as well. So, you know, I busked in Oxford Street, Romford, Brixton, all over the place. And then I do that in the daytime. Then in the evening, I'll be attending you know, all the open mic nights and stuff. I just built that way, really. Um, and then, yeah, the second year that I've been there, I stopped attending everything. And I just started just focusing on my own stuff. And then the whole high-focus stuff came into it as well. So I wasn't really as free to do certain things. But I stopped attending so much stuff. Like, I didn't want to keep diluting my presence, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped attending it. Um, I just started just working on some material that I could actually put out for people. And yeah, did you get, I mean, I guess a couple of points on that. Like, first of all, did you find it tiring just going out like three, four times a week performing? Um, no. Got pretty good. I've been doing busking for five years now. So I've built my, my, my self-discipline and my stamina in regards to certain things. So even prior to moving to London, I used to travel from Birmingham all the way to London, busk for maybe five hours, four or five hours, go to an event in the evening, then catch the last train back to Birmingham. <laughs> Same. So I'm yeah. actually doing this because I live <laughs> now. I don't have to make that trick. But just I think, chill. <laughs> yeah, when you're doing it for such a long period of time as well, it becomes life. It's, it's, it's not. So I didn't really find it, you know, particularly difficult to to do. Yeah. And did it help you as well? I guess like it, building an early network when you first came down, just kind of going to loads of different events and meeting lots of different yeah. people in different scenes. And I've really been one to like latch. I don't need a, a group of people for me to go. Yeah. I don't need a squad of people to do anything. Even like the festivals I had um, last year, like. Everyone I went to, apart from one, I went by myself. 
or you go there, everyone's got their entourage, da 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 da. Like, mm-hmm. I've never been that individual. I'm going to come by myself, perform, and I'm leaving. I don't need a group of people to, yeah. you know. So I just go with my initiative. Me, God, let's do it. Yeah, let's go. That's cool, though, because then you can go anywhere as well. But, you know, I also know other people that find it difficult to navigate and do certain things alone. They mm-hmm. only know how to go places with people. Yeah. I mean, but you can't always rely on the comfort of others, you know, to achieve certain things. Yeah. Well, I get that though. I mean, I, I used to feel, I think when I was younger, I used to feel like I couldn't be properly myself yeah. in a new environment or with new people unless I had someone from like an old environment or old people. But I think that's something I've like grown out of a bit, but I do get how some people maybe feel that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's definitely a strength or a freeing thing to not. 100%. Easier said than done though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I guess probably busking and your approach to just going after stuff has probably helped that also be just a part of who you are. Because if you wouldn't have been able to do any of that if you needed. It all contributes to like my individuality and just knowing that I don't need to rely on anything for it. I got yeah. It. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about your writing process because obviously when you're performing a lot, then maybe having to take a bit of a step back to just like really focus on material that you wanted yeah. to put out. Is there a sort of typical length of time it takes for you to, to work on a track? Nah, it just comes when it's ready to be fair. Um, sometimes it will help if I'm listening to maybe someone else's project or I'm just listening to a few beats here and there. Sometimes it comes from just having a conversation with somebody and they can say something that triggers a line. So it's these various um, you know, factors that can spark the initial line. Yeah. Um, comes when it's ready. I never force it. I know when it's forced and I won't put it out. But it comes from different ways. I could be reading a newspaper, listening to a documentary, watching a cartoon. You know, I mean, it comes in different formats. But yeah. It's ready. It'll come. And then I'll just go off of that. Oh, and carry on <laughs> <laughs> just go and carry on writing it and then so when you go into the studio with the engineer then are you normally like you know what you're there to record so I'll go in because I don't like doing like one hour sessions so the shortest session I've had within the past few years is probably like four or five hours mm-hmm. so I was like going in there with a the bulk of stuff to do right yeah do you know so prior to that, I'll have like maybe three, four songs and a feature verse and that, something else to do. So I've got enough material for the whole few hours. Like I don't really mm-hmm. like going in just to do one hour or two or just one song. Like I like it being a productive full day. Yeah. And so yeah, I'll write a book of material and then I'll just go book like a day session or whatever with an engineer. Um, and yeah, just get it done. So in the past couple of years, yeah. who's been inspiring you and influencing you and kind of, are there people that you look to? I guess musically, or or it might be um, might be lyricists for your poets, or people from different creative spaces. Mm, I like abnormal quote quotation abnormal people, people that you know have unusual flow patterns, are very sp- it's weird with how they you know formulate their their verses together. I like a Thor songwriter, like I don't know. I like people, and then outside of music, I like people that just have something to say. Just tell me something. Yeah. Or, you know, musicians I, I like the ones that are really detailed like so like like a frank ocean or mm. something do you know what i mean like someone yeah. that's really different with how they i like i like a challenge and i like having to work things out and i like the i appreciate a strong songwriter as well mm. so it's like i don't like like mediocre stuff so it's like it's the musicians that are quite unusual or have unusual concepts or just the way they formulate some certain things is really just mad to me like mad patterns, mad everything. I, I just appreciate the abnormality of certain musicians and they're usually what I'll, like, you know, that was six still and that will like spark me to write something myself or, yeah. or just listen and appreciate it for what it is and then just go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm just like, yeah, that's cool. I don't <laughs> <laughs> So 
so with her being uh, so seven tracks, right? The EP. Yeah. Was that an easy process for you to like pick those seven tracks, or did you cut a few, or how did that come together? Um, prior to writing her, I had writer's block for like a year. Um, I can't remember what triggered it. I think I was listening to a project. I said to someone else, I think it was the title creator song or something I was listening to. Um, it triggered a line. And then from that line, the rest of the verse, you know, formulated itself. And the hook, when I finished that, next song came. So by the end of like a couple weeks or so, like I had like four, a good amount of songs, more more than the seven, but it wasn't all the seven that made it to her. Mm-hmm. And it was easy to, to create her because whatever didn't make it was just going to go on the next project anyway. Yeah. So I wasn't sacrificing anything. It's just that you're not going to hear it now, you'll hear it later. For example, if I wrote 10 songs, maybe five of them made it to her because the, the the principle of her was to create an impact because it was the first project I was putting out for the label. Mm. Originally, they just wanted me to come out with the album straight away. And I was like, no, nah, I want people to want that album. Do you know what I mean? So I actually was the reason they added on an extra EP with one of my requests. So I just wanted something very impactful. So that's why I purposely never put anything too slow or soft on it either. I just wanted some hard hitting, some mad flow patterns, some mad lyrics, some just everything the beats had to be on point and um just for versatility purpose I did put a slower track on there called sometimes but for the most part they're quite bouncy they're quite you know what I mean yeah um had a really good reception as well I know we just run like 105,000 streams now which is awesome as well like I didn't expect it to do so well in such a short period of time because I'm independent as well I'm not used to seeing you know that them numbers like yeah. five. you know what I mean I'm used to like 100 plays here 50 views here <laughs> you know yeah I, mean? I really appreciate it. and even just the feedback in general has been so positive from it I really can't complain man. but yeah so anything that did made it to her to answer your question um it's just gonna be on the next project anyway so now nah, it was quite easy to be fair yeah. so yeah. the process of signing to high focus how did that yeah. come about um word of mouth you know so obviously high focus put on events in different cities like all the time and I think Zan uh, flip tricks was like um a few members of the audience have said to him, oh, you need to check out Tremendous, check out Tremendous. Da, da, da. Um, I don't think he heard of me prior to, to them mentioning it. And I think he just went online and just saw some stuff, maybe some music videos or whatever. And he just really liked what I was doing. Um, he reached out, um, spoke on the phone. Originally, he actually asked me like a few years ago to sign to the label and I actually declined it. Um, I just didn't think I was in a position to sign to a label. And I just felt like I could achieve more independently as well. And after that, I put out two more projects independently. But after a period of time, it's like, how many times can I put in so much effort to a project and it only get 100 streams or, do you know what I mean? 50, yeah. 100, yeah. 1,000 views, da, da, da. And then, um, I don't know, High Focus just randomly popped into my head again. You know, they say the universe works in weird ways. I think I was busking. And then a couple of people just mentioned High Focus to me as well. You know, sometimes you just have to listen. Yeah, yeah. Things. yeah. A couple of people just mentioned it out of thin air to me. And then um, I got in touch with my manager and I was like, you know, I think we should um, bring Flip Tricks back up, you know, and just speak to him about a potential deal. But even throughout that period of time as well, different members are like the high focus um, label artists and just people behind the scenes would just keep an eye on my stuff and just message me here and there saying, oh, we love what you're doing. Blah, blah, blah. We watch you in the office. Blah, blah, blah. So they always, you know, kept tabs. And um, yeah, we just got back in touch with him. And thankfully he was still interested and he was still down to have me. And um, yeah, we just sorted out, um, you know, our contract, went back and forth a bit. And then we got a deal that we were both happy with and signed it. And I actually signed to them in October last year, but we announced it this year, you know, a few months ago. Gave them did, the- you tell, did you tell many people? before it was announced uh, uh, a handful a handful the chosen ones <laughs> the lucky ones knew everyone else <laughs> yeah, a handful. 
you're my closest friends um they knew um but they were just kept it to themselves and then the announcement came out even from the announcement it was a bit overwhelming i didn't expect so many people to oh she's sick like she, as an independent yeah. artist, you don't know how many people knows who you are and who you yeah don't. and i know i'm still heavily unknown but it was to see like so many people be like yeah, yeah she's sick so they must have just seen like old material or whatever it was like it was overwhelming in a positive way though like i really appreciated it um, yeah, that's nice. And also because if it, it, it was something that you'd kind of back and forward with a little yeah, bit yeah, through yeah. your career. So yeah. to then feel like that affirmation that like, yeah, it's the right, it's the right decision at this point in time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And obviously it's nice to experience it. And people are like, oh, what's it like? Obviously I've signed to them, the announcements come out, put the project out and now we're in a pandemic. So I haven't actually experienced shit. <laughs> yeah. after, um, after the announcement though, I did go busking and a few people, um, someone Oxford Street and someone in Romford was like, you're the girl that signed to High Focus, da, da, da. So the, a bit of acknowledgement came here and there. Yeah. But the pandemic came in and been in quarantine ever since, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I feel like maybe, I don't, uh, disagree with me if you if you think, but I feel like they're one of those labels that has their own following as a label. I feel like a lot of labels, they're in the background, no one really knows it, who they yeah. are and it's all about yeah. artists. Yeah. High Focus is a bit of a brand. Yeah, they got a, a, a solid core. Even as in Glastonbury as well, saw so a few, few people with the high focus t-shirts and hoodies on. They got a solid um, core fan base, which is really good. Yeah, but it's also very direct as well because I also know like a lot, a lot of my friends don't know who high focus are, but I think it's just due to like a lot of my friends, for example, like are black girls. Do you know what I mean? And it's like their fan base is predominantly white males. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. also as well. But I feel like they're definitely broadening out, especially with the newer acts, they're broadening out to a, you know, a wider spectrum of people and stuff as well. So they've definitely got their core. Yeah. Definitely a direct niche that they have. Being, because you're the first female I've ever signed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that mean anything to you outside of just you being signed as an individual? Not really. It's like, it's, it's a big thing for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but so... <laughs> people that bring it up to me I never bring it up yeah like for interviews and bloggers and da da it's like it's like a big thing I understand why it would be a big thing because we've been going for how many years they've been going for and it's always been males that they've had so you know it's irritating for it to keep getting pushed to the forefront you know all the time but at the same time I'm just going to utilize it and you know use it yeah yeah <laughs> man, like, yeah, yeah. You know? I think that's what you have to do though because I totally get it like yeah I am that but I'm also just me as an artist like every other artist yeah, is, like, signed yeah. on that label yeah 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 but if that's the reason why you're going to check out my stuff because oh my gosh it's a girl da, 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 then I will wear that and check it <laughs> utilize it to your benefit you know yeah I it's irritating to, to constantly hear but at the same time I expected it at the same you know what I mean it would yeah. be it would be you know abnormal for, for no one to bring it up it would be you know wouldn't yeah. be realistic you know and at the same time like it's nice because then when other women then join the label, you'll be able to yeah. be like, you'll have been part of it, but <laughs> you'll have the, the, the others. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. But thankfully as well, though, a lot of their core fan base don't really highlight it that much. Not, it's not as much people as you think. It's more so interviewers that yeah. highlight um, their audience. is just like, yo, she's a sick rapper. She's a sick yeah. Rapper. A few that do say, oh, it's first girl. Da, da. But it's actually just more so just interviewers that bring up the whole female and sign to be and so yeah I suspect as a label they're fairly hands-off but I did I did wonder whether your writing process or your whole creative process has changed at all as a result of being signed in any way 
you know, prior, prior to, to that, I was speaking to Verb, Verb to hear about this, and he was like, because it was a mutual thing, because it was going through my head as well, like, do I alter? Obviously, they've signed me for what I can create, but I'm also aware of their core fan base, so it's like, do I alter my sound a bit so it's, I know what they like in it, so do I alter it a bit to cater them to them, or do I just carry on creating what I like and just hope they like it too? Do you know what I mean? And Verb was even saying to me on the train, it's like, it was like, are you going to kind of, you know, adapt to the, the high focus kind of sound or just, mm. you know what I mean? And I, when I think about it, obviously Xander signed me because he likes what I do. I like what I do. So it's like, those strategically, I could, you know, bend it a bit to give them a bit of their, their hardcore, boom back or their hardcore. Da, da. For the most part, as long as I like it, they'll like it. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I feel like he signed me because he knows I can bring something different to the label and just as an artist in general and I'm not really afraid to experiment with different things and new things so I'll take the chance I'll still give you you know the stuff you're used to but at the same time I'm not solely going to give you that it's boring to do the same thing over and over again yeah 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 so I'm willing to you know jump on maybe a reggae tune or do a rock tune you know what I mean yeah just like play about with a few different things why not just see what I can I can deliver from a period of time on the label yeah yeah. Do they have producers that you've worked with as a pro like since then? Yeah, most of the producers I've worked with are from the label. I've got artists or just producers that are like attached to the label. Um, outside of them, I think I've used maybe two of my own. And um, one's my manager, and another guy's called Luke, uh, Lopez Luke, who's my friend from prior to nothing to do with High Focus. But for the most part, the producers that I've used are from the label. I see the difference, you know, no disrespect to the previous producers I've used, but I definitely see the caliber difference. And even like when giving them back the vocal stems, how they tweak the beat Mm. to cater to certain flow patterns or the add instruments here and there. But with a lot of the producers I've used before, however, the instrumental set up, it would stay like that. When I keep the vocals are back, like it don't change. Do you know what I mean? But for them to adapt it and add certain things to further elevate the song as a whole. Yeah. I wasn't used to that, but to hear it and then hear the end result is awesome. That's really interesting. I suppose that's probably an experience thing as much as anything else. They're probably just a bit more seasoned. The yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%, yeah. But that's cool. That's nice. And then nice for you now, now looking to the album, have you set any sort of dates and stuff in place for that or just when it's ready? When it's ready, you know, and because of yeah. the whole, you know, pandemic, <laughs> kind of slowed There's everything. no rush. <laughs> Pushed everything back. But this year though, I can say this year. Yeah. It's quite good to have that as a project to work on through this weird time. Because I think for like most people in the industry, I mean, like you were kind of saying earlier, but it's like so much of your, I guess, busking, you can kind of still, you can still get outdoors, but there's not really anyone there. But for so many people, it's been such a shame because like touring and festivals and a lot of the fun has been stripped away. I know, I know. So you have to, you have to make light of a, out of a bad, quote, bad situation, though. You know, that's what I was saying. I just utilized it. You know, in the beginning, I was like, oh, all my stuff's cancelled, shows are postponed. Da da da. What am I gonna do? And I'm like, Sean, you got a whole album to write. Yeah, then, oh, <laughs> yeah. you oh, got yeah. shit to do. <laughs> about that. So, um, yeah. After after the initial shock factor of it, and just like doing nothing, um, I thought, you know what? Nah, let me let me actually utilize my time, um, that I've got free. Because I know um, I've been in Birmingham for the past couple of months as well since this all happened. And um, but I know if I was still like normal life and performing, busking, da, 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 I wouldn't have had as much time to focus on this album. And I don't think the sound would be the same. I don't think the songs I've created would have been the same because it would have gone across a longer period of time of me working on it. And you know when you can't fully focus on something because you're doing other things. I feel like because I've had so much time to solely focus on it, I've properly got to listen to it as a project know what's missing because in the earlier stages it was cool but I knew there was so much missing 
and it's like there was a bunch of like softer tunes and I was like nah I need I need a balance I need a bit of variation what I was able to you know message producers producers have time to send me this they have time to use because everyone's on lockdown yeah <laughs> I just feel like the pandemic and the time off has helped me create the entirety of the album because now when I listen to it it actually sounds like an album do you know what I mean I've never yeah. before I put out EPs and I put out a mixtape and I can hear the difference between this one and and the, them ones as well but it's because I put so much time into it I can properly analyze it for what it is and I can hear that it is an album now yeah but that's thanks to time that's and, so nice and also just nice for like your your kind of career growth and your like trajectory like it, sh- it should feel like that it should feel like oh yeah. this is like a level on from other stuff but as you say time and life kind of can get in the way a bit yeah yeah 100% when you're looking at creating an album do you try and did you think about kind of theming it or wanting to tell a story through the album or do you just kind of isolate the songs or the tracks kind of like with my early material I never knew how to rap without forcing a story in it so I didn't know how to just write lyrics that had no start middle end mm-hmm. um like my early material especially the mixtape it's one long project which is all connected by a story one to 17 it's all connected the first and um, the earlier projects I did as well they're all story based nothing was ever just random lyrics and um, but with this project now yeah because I was thinking there's so many different you know ways I can go with doing it and I was like I'm not going to do the whole story thing no more within some of the song- songs are stories but for the most part I just wanted to make some 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 sick shit so you've got just some some bangers you've got some that are um, have a lot a deeper meaning to it you have some that are um, continuous factors throughout it are um, you know family dynamic love pain just talking shit on some of them it's quite versatile and then mm-hmm. production wise as well it's versatile which it wasn't before so I've got some of the I've got a rock tune on there I wanted to push boundaries and do stuff that I haven't really done on previous material as well so you know like I said I've got like a, a rockish kind of tune on there I've, I'm singing a bit more on this one um, you know, there's some slower R&B, neo soul kind of songs on there. There's some hardcore hip hop songs on there. Some boom bap on there. So it's quite diverse, and there's a nice variation on it as a project. Um, yeah, I think it's really cool and really nice that you can flex and do like different kinds of sounds. But when you first start, like, have you sung for a while, or when you do that, were you like, can I do this? Is this okay? Was there any kind of like question mark in that? I, I'm not a singer at all. Like, I can't just go on stage and sing a ballad. Like, it would be very out of tune, and, and I'd get booed. But I know how to use my voice on my vocals. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of time, people don't even know it's me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I pushed it more to the forefront with this one just because I wanted to, to elevate my previous projects. I always have to out, outdo myself. And if I can't outdo it, it has to be as good as. Yeah. You know I mean? So, um, yeah, with this one, um, vocally, I'm, I'm actually happy with how the vocals sound on this one. I'm, sing, I'm, sing, I'm singing quite a bit behind my main vocal. Yeah. Kind of like these songs, and it's more so like the, the, the softer songs on this one. Nice. I just want to hear it. Um, <laughs> I'm like, and play, but can't. And you can't hear it on this. So you have to go and check it out later. Um, I wanted to uh, talk a bit about visuals and videos because I noticed that like, one of your early videos, um, Extraterrestrial Girl, you was a thing that said you directed it yourself or co-directed. And I wondered how much that side of things interests you and whether you like being actively involved in that or you're quite happy just being hands-off in the in the kind of video process truth be told I co-direct co- every video it's just that my name's never in it <laughs> my earlier videos everything was me the video treatment location the, 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 the concept the, the, it's all my ideas um there's a few videos that where 
um, especially Oliver Whitehouse, who did my Section Red videos, which is like Only Time You Love and LISP. He took the, the lead in regards to them once. I'll give him, him credit on that. But for most of the other videos, it's always been my vision. It's always been my ideas, my concepts, where, where, where. But um, me and Oliver Whitehouse, um, he's, he directed a couple of my green screen videos. So Half Action Man, Half Barbie mm-hmm. um, and a few other ones. We meet each other halfway and just create a treatment and we just bounce off each other um, idea wise. But with all my videos, I've had a say in you know, the concept of it, the direction I want to get, the angles I want to get. Da, da, da. It's just that mm-hmm. my name can't really in co-director. I just give it to them because I don't know how to edit videos or how to work the camera and stuff. That's why my name's not in it. <laughs> ideas of it 99% of the time come from my head back to busking and performance are there lessons that you learn from busking about that you've been able to like carry forward to like other kinds of performance or do you perform in a different way when you're in different places so I'm so I'm self-employed I've been self-employed for five years now and been busking for five years so that's been in between you know gigs and commission work and stuff busking has been my main source um of income and what it's done it's it's um you know, improve my stamina, clarity, deliverance. There's a lot more pros to busking than there are cons. Obviously, here and there, you're going to get the hecklers. You're going to get the people to say, turn it down. Um, but for the most part, you know, you're getting paid to just perform. You know what I mean? You're getting paid to practice, basically. Yeah. It's, it's literally nonstop practice. Like, it's impossible for you not to not get better over time as well because you're doing the same songs you start delivering it in different ways mm. I mean your mind starts working a bit different you're thinking about something different while your mouth's still rapping that song so it's definitely improved that it's improved you know confidence um skill set as well there's a lot of pros that have come from doing that because like you said it's like practicing four or five hours a day four or five times a week for five years yeah it's impossible for them to not get better your lyrics like they're rich and there's such depth to them do you ever forget them <laughs> <laughs> Not really. You know what I mean? Because it's not, it's a bit harder than some people's lyrics where it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Like, it's, the thing is, I've never been diagnosed with it, but I do think I, I am autistic. And just the way I see words and the way words just, I, I visualize them and create them in my head. The patterns of them, it just makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as I'm writing, and the thing is, I remember lyrics very fast while writing them as well. So when I'm writing it, I'm going through it as I'm writing it over and over again over and over again over mm-hmm. so by the time I've finished the song I know the first three quarters of it do you know what I mean I'm ready to perform it live okay um, and then with busking obviously I'm reciting it over and over again so because I'm reciting it over and over again when it's time for a live show I know what it is because I do it while I'm busking all the time yeah. again I'm practicing four or five hours every day four or five times a week it's just non-stop practice yeah so you ain't gonna get caught out nah and it- <laughs> Only nerves. It's not because I don't know the lyrics. Nerves. Nerves will force you to forget them, but you yeah. know them. You know it. Yeah. Nerves. Will. But do you get nervous? Because I would think that after all the performing you've done, you probably don't get so nervous anymore. Depends on the level of it. So it's the build. It's you. When I'm actually performing, I'm not nervous. But it's the build up to it that I don't like. Up to yeah. This day, I don't like the build up to a performance. I don't like knowing I have the performance. I don't like waiting to go on the stage. I don't like doing the sound check. I don't want to be there. I just want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> There, but I think it's always going to be. But I think it's because I care as well. Yeah. Well, it's all the pressure of it. Totally. That, so like last year, I did festivals. I did like eleven festivals, and I did um Leeds and Reading festival as well. So with the Leeds, because the stage is so big as well, and, and the audience is it's like it's huge, and I didn't have in ears neither. So I'm listening to the music through the speaker. So the even though I'm listening to it, it's not. I'm not hearing it very clearly. Uh, yeah. So um. I was nervous in that, but that is because more so the platform that it was on. Mm. Do you know what 
mean, but with like normal normal performances, like the underground shows or you know just the normal little open mic shows or whatever, whatever. I don't really get too nervous, but it's when it's it depends on the platform that it's on. Mm. You know what I mean, but it's just the build up to it more so than the actual performance. During the actual performance, I'm fine, but the build up to it, I hate it. Yeah, I think you just like just get me on, and then it'll yeah, be. I always hate it as well. Like it's just it's not my thing. Unit. like I have no complaints I love interacting I don't really interact with them but I love doing live performance <laughs> <laughs> but that's another thing I need to work on as well like my 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 connection to the audience because it's like I'm not really talkative like you know people that know how to string there it's it's not I, I'm fine to rap the song but to then transition from that song to the next song we're talking in between mm. I that for me so <laughs> yeah but, but then again maybe that's partly because of like the I mean, maybe it's just a personal thing, but maybe it is just because of like the the structure structure and the depth and the kind of yeah. lyricism of your songs versus yeah. if it's just like a vibe song and then you're just yeah. kind of switching to another vibe song. It's like, y'all having a good time, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever true. people say in the middle. Yeah, it's definitely something I want to work on too, though. Like I want to be an all-around great. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sit down, pack some noise and call me on. Yeah, it's a good performance, yeah, but she don't really interact with the audience. You know, you <laughs> something to say. Yeah, you can't say shit. It's true, actually. Do you know what's really nice? I think um, I saw, um, I'm going to get her name wrong, even though she pronounced it multiple times, Rachel Chinari, I think. She spoke about the songs between the songs and yeah. kind of opened up about herself. And that was actually really nice. Um, I hadn't really seen that done too much before. And yeah, I felt yeah. like that was quite a nice way of, I don't know, engaging with yeah. the crowd, but also keeping yeah. that music. Yeah, it's one of them. I think because because I vary between like poetry crowds and like hip hop crowds, like... Yeah. It depends as well. Like, I'm more likely to do it for a poetry crowd because I don't... It, you have to gauge it and see which crowd's going to be receptive because sometimes people don't care about yeah. the imagination. They just want to hear the songs. And then with certain crowds, they want to know more about you. So it's gauging it as well. And it's usually, like, the softer kind of crowd that you can get away with just telling your backstory in your life. Yeah. Like, without getting booed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they actually want to listen versus a yeah. hip-hop crowd who are like, shut up! <laughs> Next song in it, so obviously I've taken the shut up approach to everything. <laughs> we're recording this with just really the week or the two week period after the Black Lives Matter protests, and everybody's focusing on those. And it's definitely made me think more about the fact that we all have a voice and like what to use it for. And is that something you think about as a writer? And I'm not asking that in any kind of a lead. <laughs> No, it sounds like I'm like, so you have a voice. So what are you going to use it for? <laughs> but do you think about that? The influence that you might have through your lyrics? Yeah, 100%. And it, it's pressure to, to be an artist as well, because it's like a lot of my music is, you know, I'm not a down your throat feminist, but I 100% do believe in equal rights for women. Of course, I'm a woman, a black woman at that. And say, I'm bottom of the barrel. Yeah. I'm also aware that, I don't want to be, you know, performing songs or have a bunch of content out where I'm just chatting shit. Do you know what I mean? When I'm talking no substance or I'm talking about like like a lifestyle I hadn't lived or I'm promoting the wrong things. Mm. I mean, but then certain, when I'm writing certain songs, I just want to talk crap. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot up to take on. But for the most part, I do, you know, when I pass away and my music's still here, what did I say? Do you know what I mean? Whose life did I help? What advice did I give to that person? So I do want to put, you know, I do want to have a positive impact on people's lives where I can. But at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want you to look at me like I'm an idol, an icon because I still fuck up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want that much pressure and baggage on me. So take what you want from me. And if I helped you, then I'm grateful I did. If I don't, I don't. I'm not here to save everybody. Do you know what I mean? 
but some of the chat shit stuff is probably quite good <laughs> yeah everyone, everyone can relate to that <laughs> right as well that's like the quick flow pattern and da-da-da. sometimes i just want to chat, chat shit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me say it <laughs> yeah i know exactly what you mean what is i've got some kind of like you know career questions for you what is the best piece of professional advice you've received if it stands out so i killed the mc from jurassic five when he was doing his tour and stuff he was like just don't expect except just don't expect you know, so, you know sometimes when you think you're entitled to something well, this should happen either. just don't expect it yeah don't expect that performance to go great don't expect the sound to not cut don't don't expect just accept and just whatever happens work with it there's all you can fi- you know what i mean yeah it's like, don't ex- expect everything to be great so because the minute it fucks up it, it messes you up that much more mm. i think he was just trying to mean like so for example i'm doing a live performance i've gone into it i've done a, a great line no one's responded to it no one's gone whoa <laughs> hasn't got a wheel up because i expected it you see what i'm saying yeah now, because i expected it and no one did it i'm pissed yeah do you know what i mean yeah totally know what you mean yeah just like don't expect accept that's what you yeah saying. i think that's really good advice because it allows you to keep going it's basically yeah, yeah. what it is but at the same time don't go out there and just think it's gonna go go shit you're like, <laughs> <laughs> don't expect it to go shit either <laughs> He's, he's just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just go with it. Whatever happens. Okay, just like, don't expect, accept. I was like, you know what? That's deep stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> um, that's the best advice as well because it sits with you and it comes back to you at various points. Yeah, 100%. It's true as well, man. Something can always go wrong and it probably will. But it's good with live shows as well to, 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 to gauge because like, when shit goes wrong, you know how much you can endure. So for me, for example, like so much things like my mic's cut. One time um, at a festival, the guy played my song at the wrong tempo. So I had to do double time to a double time. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Like a buckle, like so much stuff's happened. But it shows you how much you can endure because you get through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it would, And it's like unrealistic for, for shows to be great all the time. You yeah. know, crowds where there's no reception at all. Like no one's feeling. They're not, they're, not, they're not feeling it, but there's like stiff crowds, very stiff. Mm. You have to work to get the movement. Like so much stuff, but I, I like to an extent when things go wrong because it, I learn from it and I learn, okay, this is not happening. Let me, da, 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 da. It's kind of like a challenge. I like the challenge of it, yeah. making it work regardless. There's a comedian, I can't remember who, but he has this quote that I like love and I go back to and it's like, my favourite failure is every time I've ate it on stage because I woke up the next day and everything was still fine. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I really like that. It's like, it's fine. What's the worst? That's how great or how shit something was. It was just a moment and it's past now. Yes. It's 100% true. You know, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's just a moment. Yeah. It's like life. It's just a collage of moments, regardless how great or how shit it was. It's past. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Next. <laughs> and then I wanted to know what kind of milestones are you sort of setting in place for yourself? Um, just to keep expanding, you know, as a brand and just to keep pushing my name out there, to be fair. And um, I want a lot, quite a lot more international, you know, booking mm. and gigs and stuff. I want some collaborations, some big artists. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. For the period of time I'm going to do music. Like I want as much as possible. Yeah. You know, I say, I just want to stay here and just get big. No, I don't, you know, I want shows in Europe. I want shows in, you know, abroad um, in America. I want shows in you know, Caribbean, Africa, like, just want to expand Asia, yeah. you know, expand as far as I can go to see where I can take it, to be fair. 
you know and have fun while doing it yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 are there um are there artists that you would say in your mind are like greatest of all time dream collab mm. in regards to ability Andre 3000 is one of my favorite mm. uh, rappers so I've never heard a weak verse in his entire back catalog of music I find him very intriguing how he constructs his his you know his his verses together as well and his flow pans are they they're interesting like I like unusual and I like very intricate things mm-hmm. and he's, he's one of them like I like analyzing his stuff I love to collaborate with him I'd love to collaborate with Frank Ocean I'd like to collaborate with singers so I'd love to collaborate with Ari Lennox um I like good songwriters mm-hmm. as well I like Ari Lennox I'd love to collaborate with Scissor like some I like I like solid songwriters for me it's like what are you saying to me I don't care about his aesthetic appearance none of that I just yeah what, I'm, what am I listening to what are you what telling I, yeah what's the story yeah 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 Lauren Hill as well Woman wise would be awesome to collaborate um, with, and yeah, man. yeah. I mean, Lauren's like such a rare gem. I think in her ability to rap and sing at the same level, and holding yes, to holding both to such a high top tier like caliber of talent, like it's crazy. Because yeah. when people sing and rap, they're better at one blatantly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But to do to both equally as impactful, it's like you're actually just not real. You're actually and um, Martian. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you know? I think she's just a real perfectionist, though. I think yeah. she just like is obsessive about what she's delivering yeah, and kind yeah, of both. Yeah. I think she's just a crafter, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But her ability is crazy. But yeah. like, yes, as, as a lyricist as well, like her her verses and stuff, they just and her voice within itself is just so powerful and impactful. Mm. But I feel like women in general, like especially women rappers, even if they're not that great, just the voice alone is very powerful. Like, uh, like I'll, if, if there's a song playing in the background and there's six people on it and only one woman on it, I'll naturally listen to the woman, not because I'm a woman, but I don't know, it's just some power in it. I'm not sure yeah. what it is. I, I wonder, I wonder whether that's because to break through as a woman, you have to be like so much better. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe so the ones to get through I don't know if you're like a Meg the Stallion fan but uh, there's this old video of like when she first came out and there's like 20 guys that all spit on this like 20 minute long video yeah. in Texas and she does a verse and you just yeah. it's like no one else should have bothered <laughs> yeah I like Meg the Stallion I do I do um, but yeah I, I totally agree I think it's like it's a good time for women in hip hop though I think there's you know, there's a drought and it feels like that drought is starting to mm-hmm. slowly come back. I definitely see the increase. But I think, you know, it's it's, it's pushed to the forefront as well because the, it's a significant drop. Like when you compare females to males, so it's like when there is one, oh, there's a girl, da da da, da. But I think if there was equally as much women as there were men, the whole female thing would get diluted. I think it's just because there's never a lot out at one time. That's why it's always pushed to the forefront as well. Likewise, like especially as a unit, man. If women come together, like so powerful together, so yeah. Um, like, have you ever have you ever done any battling? Nah, you know, there's a period of time where I was actually con- contemplating it, but then I was thinking because type of music, what I want to be known for and remembered for, it's not battle rap. It's not tearing someone down like that. Mm. I didn't do it in the end, but I could. <laughs> but I could. <laughs> I could, but it did cross my mind. It did cross my mind, but no, it's not something I want to be known for. But, but I could. Yeah. Tremendous. Thanks so much for, for being so open with us. I wanted to ask kind of where can people find you on the internet if they're looking to like hear your stuff? Where's the best place to go? 
Yeah, visually, um, YouTube has all my music videos out from the start to the most current. And then audio-wise, it's on all digital, you know, streaming services. So like Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Google Play, Amazon. Yeah, and hard copies of this stuff are... If you see me busking, I've got hard copies. <laughs> so um, if you go on High Focus's website as well, or just on the, bio, the, the link in my bios, you can purchase like vinyls and tapes and CDs of... Um, the, the most recent project as well. I'm going to have some merch and stuff dropping. Yeah. As well. So just put tremendous into Google and everything will just come up. Everything will come up like magic. <laughs> Do you, are you on social as well? Are you active on social media? I've got um, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, Facebook, YouTube, and at It's Tremendous. So that's I-T-S-T-R-U-E-M-E-N-D-O-U-S. Yeah, are you still um are you still managing those like if people dm you will you read them sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I, I manage everything but sometimes i feel like i'm stitching you up right now <laughs> Don't yeah, DM. I'm, I'm, not, I'm nowhere near that big to not be answering my own shit but sometimes i read it sometimes i won't it depends on, it depends on the weather it depends on my mood yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for chatting to us and um you said you don't know 100 when the album's out but it's going to be this year 2020 yeah for sure so look out people follow sure. cool thanks so much for listening everyone <laughs> and we will see you next week cool. thank you <laughs> Really, a stupid marksman. Did it at a mark, dead in your marquee. Sashing boogers in cornflake boxes while working part time in his local supermarket. Hula hoops are compressed in the car seat. Hula hooping contest, but who's arguing? Old African lady shutting John off rice. And a yardy father planting plotting. A marijuana in a student's garden. A marry one of your students if you can take the bargain. Kilos that a queen's thrown all might shove your kiloids down that ski slope. And we can go to bargaining. Uh uh-uh, uh, no bartering. My ego's too wide for the island, your grandma's pharmacy. Go away outside. As far as I can see, there ain't no space outside. The coast is clear. Let's hijack the whole school. The registers are. Let's make a toast.